Well, today we are wrapping up this series on prayer, and I'm kind of bummed out because I love talking about prayer. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. And we'll, we'll, you know, it won't probably be but another six months. We'll probably do another series on prayer again because it's just something that, that I, you know, it, it fuels our church. That's one of the things we've said, that a praying church is a dynamic church. If you look throughout the history of the church over the last 2,000 years, you see that wherever there is a prayer source, there is a power source. Wherever there's a prayer source, there's a power source. And if prayer is what makes the church to be dynamic, then we are going to be a praying church. Seed's church is going to be a praying church. If, if prayer is what propels and compels us to be the hands and feet of Christ on the earth today, then you better believe that's who we're going to be. We're going to be a praying church. That's why we spend our time. That's why we spend extra resources. Even as a young church plant, so some people say, well, man, it... You could be doing something else with your time. You could be do, doing something else with your money besides, you know, taking a whole other night of the week, besides, you know, spending extra money on, an, uh, on renting another venue just for a prayer meeting. And I say, oh, no, 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 we're not wasting any time at all. This is the best use of our time to gather every single week, to gather to pray, to gather to worship, to gather to get the heart of God, because when we get the heart of God, that's what, when we are compelled and propelled to be the hands and feet of Christ on the earth today. And, of course, we have wonderful training that we need also, like we're going to have it take the city. But prayer is where that fire starts. Prayer is that, is that boiler room. It's the engine room. Last week, we took a look at the Lord's Prayer. And we just kind of looked at it from like a 40,000-foot view. We just kind of barely scratched the surface of it. And, and, uh, and, and so if you missed either one of those first two messages in this series, you can go to our website. You can look at those and, and catch up. But uh, today, I want to look at, at uh, back to the Lord's Prayer in just this one part. But before we get into it all, can we do this? Can we all just stand up? And we're going to just pray the Lord's Prayer together this morning. And let's pray it with some heart and with some boldness. Amen? Amen. All right, ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen? Amen. You can be seated. Today, like I said, I, I, I want to take a look back at this, just this one line. It's the fourth petition in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. It's just one sentence. It's seven words. But if we can get a, an understanding of the power behind these seven words and see that, man, this, these seven words has great power to make a significant impact in our lives. What are these seven words about? These seven words are about provision. Say that with me. Say provision. provision. Do you know that God wants us to ask him for natural provision? God wants it. We can and we should ask for natural provision. We can and we should pray for natural provision. God wants us to ask. 
You can pray for a home that's close to good schools for your kids. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. You, you can pray for that. You can pray for a good job. You can pray for promotions. You can pray for increase so that it would be a blessing to your family and so that your family would be better positioned to be a blessing to others. There's nothing wrong with that. You can pray for a car that doesn't break down every week. There's nothing wrong with that. You can pray for natural provision. Jesus said to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Ask the Father for daily provisions. Now, you see this this petition here starts with this one word, give. Why is that? Because our Heavenly Father is a giver. He is a giver. And he wants to provide for his kids. In Genesis chapter 2, we see God revealing this part of his character and nature to Abraham. Abraham's on Mount Moriah. He's about to sacrifice Isaac. And what, what happens at the last second? God provides a different sacrifice. And Abraham sees the character and nature of God as provider. And he names that place Jehovah Jireh. The Lord has provided. The Lord has provided. You say, well, J.D., that's really cool. That's awesome. But, but why didn't Jesus, uh, why did he teach us to pray, give us this day our daily bread? Why didn't he just say, give us this day our you know, daily air or daily shelter or daily clothing? Well, I believe it's because Jesus was making a connection to what he was trying to get us to understand. He was connecting the dots all the way back to Exodus chapter 16 when the Lord provided daily bread to the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. Let's look at that. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, it says this, The Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. Of course, that's because they're not supposed to work on the seventh day. That's the Sabbath. So you see the dots Jesus is connecting here? Jesus says, pray this, give us this day our daily bread. And he's connecting that dot all the way back to Exodus 16 where it says the people should go out and gather a day's portion every day. Now, have you ever wondered why why didn't Jesus just pray, give us our bread? He, He said, give us this day our daily bread. He could have just said, give us our bread, but that's not the way he put it. Perhaps it was because God wants us To depend on him every day. Every day. The the truth is, is that if we don't learn to depend on God's provision, we're going to go looking for provision in other sources. We will look for provision in other places. whether, Whether it's another person, whether it's the government, whether it's some other system. If you're not looking for God, for his provision... You're going to look for other sources. You're going to look for provision in other sources. And that is a form of idolatry. And any time we begin to to elevate some other person, some other system above God and look look to them as our source, that's idolatry. And we are going to just be left disappointed. I promise you. Listen, think about this. God created the digestive system, right? 
He created us and designed us to eat every single day. So why didn't he, why didn't he just create us and design us to eat just once a week? He could have if he wanted to. He could have created us and designed us to eat just once a month. There are animals out there. There are creatures out there that only eat once a week. They only eat once a month. They only eat every once in a, in a long while, and they can survive. God could have created us that way, but he chose to create us to need sustenance, to need provision, to need to eat every single day. Why? Because he, he wants us to be reminded that we need to de- depend on him every single day. We need to look to God and God only for our provision. Now, some of us might think, man, it sure would have been easier if God would have just designed us to, you know, give us our annual bread. That would have been a lot easier, right? You know, God, give us this, this day, give us this year our annual bread because we just have to think about it once every 365 days, and then we don't have to think about it ever again. But, but you know, wow, I've, I've, it's all been taken care of, but that's not how God designed it because God doesn't just want to talk to you annually. He doesn't want to just talk to you monthly. He doesn't even want to just talk to you weekly. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to provide for you every single day. Every day. He wants to be in relationship with his kids. So daily bread represents that every single day, I'm going to go and talk to God. Every single day, I'm going to bring before him my petitions. Every single day, I'm going to bring, for him, bring before him my needs. Say, so God, would you provide for my needs every single day? So Jesus made this connection. Jesus made this connection between asking God for daily bread and, and the daily bread that the Israelites experienced in the wilderness over those 40 years. Now, let me ask you this. Does anyone remember in the book of Exodus what that daily bread was called? Manna, right? Manna. Uh, So a lot of us think that manna means bread, but that's not actually what the word manna means. I I know that's what we've kind of coined it. We've coined coined the term manna to think that it just means the bread that God provided in that wilderness over those 40 years, but that's not what that word means. Look here with me in Exodus chapter 16. We're still in in the 16th chapter, but look now in verse 15. And it says this. When the sons of Israel saw it, saw what? Saw the the manna. (laughs) They said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Well, he's like, well, I thought, wait a second, I thought it was bread. Hadn't they seen bread before? Well, of course they had seen bread before. So it wasn't bread that actually fell. It wasn't like they went out of their tents and there were loaves of bread laying on the ground. So we, we see here... Right there, that phrase, what is it? That's actually the Hebrew word manna. What is it? What is it? That's what manna actually means. What is it? Manna doesn't mean bread. So, so in verse 31, if you keep reading in this chapter and you get to verse 31, you come to find out that what was laying on the ground what was actually uh, probably very similar to a coriander seed. Coriander seed. And so, which actually happens to be one of the most healthy foods on the planet. Now, is it any surprise? Is it any surprise that God would provide for his kids every single day something that's so healthy? This is the seed, you guys, that helps clear up skin disease. 
skin problems. This is a, this is a food, the coriander seed. It, it is a food that helps maintain blood sugar. It fights diabetes. This is, this is a food that uh, helps digestive issues. There, there's lots of other, there's lots of other different um, great byproducts of eating this coriander seed, right? God has good things in store for us. God has good things in store for us. But the point is this. The seed had to be gathered, and then it had to be prepared. It had to be gathered, and it had to be prepared. God provided the seed, and then the Israelites then had to do something with it. They had to do something with what God provided. God did his part. Now, we have our part to do. God providing for us does not mean that we just get to sit back in the lazy boy and kick back and take a nap. That's, that's not what God providing for us looks like. God providing for us looks like this. God invites us into his work with our work. By us and God, we want to partner with you with what you're doing in my life and on the earth today. It's, it's through our work. And God said work is a good thing, and he said that he would bless work. So let's read this again. Exodus chapter 16, verse 15. We'll back back up to that. When the sons of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it every man as much as he should eat. You shall take an omer. Now, an omer was just it was a measurement. You shall take an omer, a piece, according to the number of persons each of you has in his tent. So the sons of Israel did so. And some gathered much and some little. When they had measured it with an omer, he who had gathered much, they had no excess. And he who had gathered little had no lack. Each man gathered as much as he should eat. So what does this mean? So if you had just two people in your tent, if you just had two people that are part of your household, how many omers would you gather? Two, every single day. If you had seven people in your household and seven people in your tent, then you would gather every single day. You'd go out and gather seven omers. So whether you were gathering a little bit or whether you were gathering much, one, per, one omer per person each day, everyone had enough to eat. If you had a small family, if you had a large family, it didn't matter. Everybody had enough. But here's the, here's the thing. There were no leftovers at the end of the day. And some of you are really excited about that because you hate leftovers. You're like, glory to God, no leftovers. Fresh food every day. But, but li- listen, God provided exactly what was needed for every single household. And God wants to provide exactly what you need for your household. Daily bread represents daily provision. So if you're like me, you have a family of five, then guess what? Then I'm praying for the needs of all of my family. I'm praying every single day, God, would you please provide, provide for not just my needs, but for the needs of my wife, for the needs of my kids, God. Every single need, God, that I can think of, every single need that you can think of in your house, pray for that every day. Praying for provision in the areas of health, the areas of education, for emotional needs, for relational needs, for financial needs, and so on and so forth, for every single person in your house. If you're a business owner, if you're a manager, pray that God would provide for your business, 
God, I pray that you would give my business the daily bread that it needs. Not because only, not only because it provides for my family, but God, also because it provides for all of my employees and their families, God. And so you're finding out every area that you have responsibility over. You're praying, God, give us this day our daily bread. Every person that you're in authority over, God, give that person. God, give us this day our daily bread. Now, not only was Jesus probably connecting the dots to the daily bread that he asked us to pray for to Exodus 16, to the manna, to the daily bread back there, a lot of scholars believe that he was also referencing what Agur had said in Proverbs chapter 30. This is what Agur said in Proverbs 30 verse 8. He said, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion, that I'm not be full and deny you and say, well, who is the Lord? So I, I have so much abundance, I don't even know who God is. I don't even need God in my life. I'm so, there's so much abundance in my life. God, I don't want that. He says, or that I'm not be in want and steal and profane the name of my God. So remember, with the daily manna in Exodus 16, there was this portion for each person, right? And Jesus told us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, and now here in Proverbs, Agur is saying, God, give me neither poverty nor riches. Why would he say that? Because it falls right in line with this whole train of thought of daily bread, of God providing what you need every single day. He said, God, don't give me poverty and don't give me riches. And what do we have being taught in the church today? In some circles of the church today, what's being taught? Well, you have one extreme. Some people are off the road and in the ditch and saying, well, you know, piety, it's more pious to become poor. And they, they preach that extreme. And then other people are on the other side of the road and they're in the other ditch. And they say, well, it's more, you're, you're really holy if you're rich. And so you've got these, both of these extremes happening here. Some peop, people preach... a a poverty gospel. Some people preach a hyper-prosperity gospel, but Jesus preached a provision gospel. What you need every single day? Ask your father for it. Ask your father for it. Reminds me of this little this story. I, I was telling this to some people earlier today, and, uh, and then, Russell, you were, we were talking about raising kids and having babies and stuff, and there was this little boy, and he came to his daddy, and he said, Daddy, I, I, want, I want a little brother. Daddy said, well, son, you pray. Pray, for, pray that you get a little brother. So the little boy prayed for a month, no little brother. Prayed for another month, still no little brother. He went in and prayed for a third month. Of course, <laughs> there's no little brother. Well, a few months passed beyond that, and Daddy grabs the son. He says, son, we're going to the hospital. So they get there, and they walk up to the nursery. Dad pulls the curtain back. He says, see that little baby boy right there, son? That's your baby brother. Wow, that's cool. That's awesome. Then dad pulls the curtain back a little bit more. And there's another little baby right next. He said, see that, son? That's your baby brother, too. <laughs> then he pulled the curtain back more. And there was another little baby at the end of the row. He says, son, see that? That's your baby brother, too. Aren't you glad that you prayed? And the little boy says, yeah, dad. Aren't you glad I stopped praying? <laughs> Listen, God wants to provide. God wants to provide 
for your daily needs. He wants to provide natural provision, but he also wants to provide spiritual provision. We can and we should ask. We can and we should pray for spiritual provision. We understand that when Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread, yes, it's absolutely easy to see that he was talking about our natural needs because we have so many other references throughout the scriptures where God is providing for our natural needs. But I believe Jesus meant more than that. He meant more than just natural needs because Jesus didn't say, give us this day our daily food. He could have, but he he chose to use the word bread. And as we look throughout the scriptures, we see one, p- parallel after parallel after parallel to the word bread. And it's just, there's clear spiritual parallels to this word. One instance is in, in Mark chapter 7. This woman, this, uh, this Gentile woman, she's not a Hebrew. She's not a Jewish lady. She comes to Jesus and her daughter is at home and she's, she's being tormented by demons. She's possessed by demons. And this woman is begging Jesus to do something about it. And Jesus, Jesus puts her off. Jesus puts her off. And he, and he says, uh, I, I've come here to feed the, you know, my children. My children's bread are for my children. And he's, making, he's drawing this, these lines between... Like freedom from spiritual bondage, freedom from the forces of darkness, and he's using the word bread, the children's bread. This woman doesn't give up. She keeps asking. And God said, all right, you can have it. You can have it. She's, She's free. The woman leaves. She goes back to her house, and her daughter is set free. Her daughter's no longer demon possessed. Jesus said, because of the way you responded, because that you didn't quit because you didn't give up in the place of prayer. You've got spiritual freedom. You've got spiritual provision. That's good. That's good news. That's good news. If you're a child of the king, then you can be free from any kind of spiritual bondage. If you're a child of the king, if you're a child of God, then it doesn't matter what the enemy comes at you. It doesn't matter what the kingdom of darkness comes at you with. You can be free from it. In John chapter 6, we read this miracle where Jesus, uh, Jesus is, is, is out, and he, it's the feeding of the 5,000. And so some scholars believe that it was even more than 5,000 people because they, they think it was just 5,000 men. They didn't necessarily count the women and the children. But So there, there, there's this feeding. So what's happening here, there's this huge crowd of people that gathered to Jesus to hear him teach, to watch him perform miracles, and the disciples are freaking out because they're like, Jesus... We have a budget this big to feed this many people. We, we can't, our budget's not big enough to do this dinner. We, we can't feed everybody that's here. Peter finds this boy. He says, God, our, our budget is this big, but we have this kid here. He's got two fish and five loaves of bread, five loaves of barley. And Jesus said, I can do something with that. And he blesses it, and he breaks it. And it begins to multiply, so much so that 5,000 people get fed that day. We're like, well, they just probably like, like, took like little bitty pinches off of all those five loaves and made you know, 5,000 little, little crumb bites. No? You know how we know that? Because that day, there were leftovers. There were leftovers that day. So people got fed. 
So when God, God wants to provide for you, whether it's natural provision or spiritual provision, He wants there to be enough. He wants you to be fed. Well, here's the thing. The day after this, the very next day after this, in John chapter 6, verse 30, someone, someone says this to Jesus. I can't even believe this. They said, uh, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. <laughs> what can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, well, give us that bread every day. And Jesus replied, you idiots. (laughs) I am the bread of life. Now, in the Greek, it's idiotso. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. He didn't, Jesus didn't say that. But he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Here, again, Jesus is referring to himself as the bread of heaven. He's referring to himself as the bread of life. You know at the Passover meal, there would be a, a, a stack of matzah bread. Of unleavened bread. Why is it unleavened? Why is it, this, why is it always this flat bread? Why is it, it's like a cracker. It's without leaven, which means it's, with, it's to represent that it's without sin. Now, we have communion over here, and we have this yummy, yeasty bread over here, and it's delicious. But at the Passover, it's like a flat matzo bread. And there was a stack of this, three high. And there was this middle loaf, the middle <laughs> cracker... <laughs> It was called the Haba, which meant the coming one. It's to represent the Messiah. And when it was time to have the Passover supper, they wouldn't eat from that middle loaf right away. They would take that middle loaf out from the stack, and they would wrap it in the cloth and set it off to the side. And then they would go about through the rest of their supper. And then at the end of the supper, they would go grab that Haba. They would unwrap it. And then they would break it into as many pieces as necessary so that every single person in the house got a piece. And then they partook of it at that time. Jesus, you think at the Passover supper, Jesus, a lot of scholars believe when he took the bread, he didn't just take any bread, but he took the haba loaf and he broke it. And he said to the disciples, take, eat, this is my body. Come on. Jesus is the bread of heaven. Jesus is the bread of life. If that doesn't want to make you run down here right now in the middle of this service and take communion, if you didn't take it already, you go right ahead. You just come on down here and you take it and you receive it if that's what you want to do. That's exciting news. This greater, this understanding of this, the significance of the bread. And when, the, when, the ser- when we come to the table to celebrate the Lord's table and the server says to you, take, eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you, the bread of heaven. That's good news. That's good news that the Messiah, that the coming one, he did come. And that he wants me to partake of everything that belongs to him. That his body is in me. Everything that belongs to him. Every bit of provision that the the, the Father provided for the Son, it belongs to me. Natural provision, spiritual provision. Every bit of it belongs to me. It belongs to you if you're a believer. 
When, when Jesus took this extended time of praying and fasting in the wilderness, the enemy tried to come at him, and the enemy tried to tempt Jesus to use a supernatural act to break his fast. Oh, Jesus, you can, hey, you're hungry. You can turn these, you're the son of God. You can turn these stones into bread. Use your supernatural power to de- fulfill the desire of your flesh. Jesus said, nah, ain't nobody got time for that. It is written. Matthew 4, verse 4, he says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus was quoting a, a, a scripture that was already all the way back in Deuteronomy chapter 8 where manna gets referenced again. And so it only makes sense to me that when Jesus said, Pray, give us this day our daily bread, that not only did he mean to ask for natural provision, but also spiritual provision. Father, Give me this day a word from you. A word from you that proceeds from your mouth today. Listen, there are situations in every single one of our lives right now. Every single person here has some situation in their life. For some of us, it's health issue. For others of us, it's financial. Some of us, it might be relational. It might be in your marriage or it might be with your kids. Maybe it's a thing with your business or at your job. Those of you that are students, you might have things going on at school. Listen, I don't know about you, but I could use a word from God about my situations every single day. Every single day. God, I need your provision in the natural, but God, I need your provision in the supernatural, in the spiritual realm. God, I need a word from you every single day. You might think, well, but I don't don't know how to hear God like that. Take this thing right here. Open up your Bible. Every single day, you can get a word from God. Every single day. And before you open it up, you say, Holy Spirit, I need a word from you today. Highlight to me the things that I need to hear. The things that you want me to hear. The things that you want me to see. The things that are going to make you come alive in me. The things that are going to give me peace. The things that are going to give me breakthrough. The things that are going to give me perseverance, God, as as I wait for your provision. Highlight it to me today. You can get a word from, from God every single day. Every day. Set aside time every single day to stand in the place of prayer, to go to God, to meet with Him in the place of prayer. Put it on your calendar, put it in your schedule. Don't let yourself be interrupted and sidetracked. I just know this. Look, I, I love this device right here, it's such a wonderful tool. I read my Bible on it often. We'll look up scriptures on this often throughout the middle of the day. What was that one scripture? Let me Google that. I love Google. It helps me find references when I, when I can't remember them sometimes. But if I'm really wanting to dig in, if I'm really wanting to hear a word from God, here's what I usually do. Now the only notifications that I'm getting are Holy Spirit notifications. Listen, get tenacious in the place of prayer like that woman in Mark 7. Jesus told her no. Oh, no, 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 no. My, my bread is for my children. Oh, but Jesus, but Jesus, even the dogs get to eat the scraps that the children drop under the table. And Jesus said, you get it, lady. You get it. But because you didn't give up, because you didn't quit, because you persevered, It'll be done for you. And right there, the, the, 
Her daughter wasn't even in the room. She was at home. And Jesus said, demon, go. The woman gets home. The demon is gone. That's the power of prayer. That's the power of God. That's the power of persistence in the place of prayer. Father God, I'm asking you to provide for all of my natural needs. And God, I'm asking you and I'm trusting you to provide for all of my spiritual needs. Because as we look at the Lord's Prayer, we look at this model prayer that Jesus gave us to learn from. We see what's happening in the beginning is all about remembering who God is. It's about remembering who he is. It's about remembering what he's in authority over. And it's about remembering what he wants to do. The very end of the prayer is very similar. The very end of the prayer is, hey, we're we're remembering what belongs to him. We're remembering how powerful he is. And we're remembering what our response to him should be. God, you're getting all the glory. But what's all in the middle? God wants us to ask God wants us to bring our prayers and our petitions. He wants to ask every single day. He wants us to ask him for our daily bread. Stand with me if you would. Won't you just close your eyes right now? And just ask Holy Spirit right where you are. What are you trying to say to me, God, through this message today? For every single one of us, I mean, there's general things that are the exact same. But there's also individual things that Holy Spirit wants to do in every single one of our hearts today. And as many people that are in here, he can tell each each one of us something different that directly has to do with our situation and our heart. So Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to my heart today through this message. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd build the confidence on the inside of us to be bold enough to go before you and ask. Jesus, you, the disciples asked you, teach us how to pray, and this is what you told them. So God, help us be confident in that. Help us approach the throne of grace with boldness. Help us have confidence in knowing that you hear our prayers, Heavenly Father, and that you are at work on the earth today, even when we don't see it. Even when we can't, even when the things are invisible to our eyes at the moment. Help us have faith and trust in you. Just a moment, we're going to sing a prayer to God as we close. This is a declaration to God that, God, we are going to seek you. We want to seek you in the place of prayer. We want to seek you every single day. We want to fill up with the bread that can only come from you. God, we're going to look to you as our source. God, we want the kind of bread that only comes from you. The words are going to be up on the screen. If you don't know this song here, but as we sing, we want to pray with you. If you have any need for prayer whatsoever, we want to pray with you. There's leaders right over here. The prayer team, my friends, are right over here on this side wall. And as we sing, if you've got any need for prayer, we want to invite you. Come down here and pray with them. You never have to be embarrassed to ask for prayer. We all need prayer. Jesus said, if any two of you agree on anything in my name, I will do it. 
that's why we pray together. That's why it's really not just good enough for you to just stand there by yourself sometimes. What you need to do is find somebody, whether it's somebody here on the prayer team or whether it's somebody right next to you, and you say, will you pray with me? Will you agree with me in prayer about my situation right now? Because there's power in agreement in prayer. That's what Jesus said. You're like, well, I'm not, I'm not really part of this church. This is not my church. So? What, what, listen, that's not a stipulation for us to want to pray. We want to pray with you. Some of you are like, well, I'm a leader. What are people going to think? Well, that's great. Step out of your seat and lead. We need, no, nobody is, is too high in leadership to not need prayer. No one is too mature to not need prayer. So if you're a leader and you, you're like, man, I need prayer, then come on down here and lead, be an example to the rest of us. <clears throat> if you want to make the decision today to give your life to God, if you want to make the decision today to become a follower of Jesus, you can come at the same time too. You can come down here and visit with one of my friends in the prayer team and they'll be happy to pray with you and rejoice with you as you take that step and saying, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. Let's do this. I want to just close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we come to you. Come to you. We center ourselves on you. And we rejoice that you want to engage us every single day. God, that you don't get tired of us. Thank you. Holy Spirit, I just ask right now, I ask right now that every single person that needs prayer, that you would draw them, and that no one would leave here today that needed prayer that didn't agree with somebody in prayer. So if you need prayer right now, just come on down as we sing this declaration to God.